3: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Dana Parks on the way an hour from right now. Uh, again, that winter storm warning, as she mentioned, uh, is what we have been upgraded to, four to seven inches around here. I'm seeing forecasts now of eight to 12 inches, just an hour north of here. Uh, it is starting to stick just a little bit um schools are starting to call out i've got a list that started remember those days in this job where we used to have to announce school did you ever have to do that i'm I'm sure you did oh yeah did every job yeah so did i and kids would call the newsroom And we have our school today. That used to be our job (laughs) to keep that list updated all the time. Thank goodness that all went online. But we do have school districts now that are either dismissing early or uh, not having school today. I suspect tomorrow will be the same.
1: Whenever those kids would call you, you always wanted to tell them, okay, now can you call everybody else in your class and tell them so that they (laughs) don't call us? Because I know they're going to be on the phone with me 10 minutes from now yeah
3: so um we'll keep an eye on the roads again feel free to text us and let us know if you can do it safely uh what you are seeing for road conditions and we will certainly pass that on to you as well okay you heard this story uh briefly in abc news and we've been reading about it this morning and this is one of those things that i can't decide if i should be upset about (laughs) so we'll talk it out maybe i'll get to a conclusion here but the secretary of defense is sixth in line for the presidency and he was in the hospital for three days before President Biden knew. And we we as the public still don't know exactly what the problem is, except that he went in for an elective procedure and then had some trouble with it and spent some time in the ICU. And as you heard on ABC News is now in, it sounds like he's not as bad as the unit he's in.
1: Right, yeah, because anytime you hear what he, it was an unexpected stay in the hospital. Did he go home in between, do we know? I don't know. It's, I was wondering about that. They they weren't real clear on that, whether he had complications immediately or whether he went home and then all of a sudden things got worse and then he had to go back. But either way, he was not scheduled to stay at all. And all of a sudden he's in for three days. And here's the wild part about this is, that first of all, as you mentioned, you know, how I, how do I really feel about this? Well, his boss, the president, isn't terribly happy about it at all. So if that gives you an indication, I don't think you're supposed to keep things from the president when you work for him. Um, The other thing about this story is that Kathleen Hicks, who has been filling in for him, she's the deputy secretary of defense, did not know why.
3: Okay, so does it matter that she didn't know why? As long as she, I thought you were going to say she didn't know. As long as she knew, I mean, of course she knew because she was having to fill in. Yeah. As long as she knew, again, we don't even know now, but elective procedure tells me this wasn't an emergency, probably, like this this wasn't, an, uh, this was a planned thing, probably. If it was planned, that's more irritating because why didn't the president know sure. and why didn't she know then? Because it was planned. But as long as you know the different, like how long is he going to be out Is he going to be under anesthesia anesthesia at some point? I mean, it's not the same thing as the president, but you got to know, is he having surgery? I don't know what the level of information is that people should have, but I'm hung up on the fact that the president didn't know for part of a week that his defense secretary, like, what if he needed him? Right. What if we had a conflict breakout or what if...
1: Yeah, the situation room. I mean, what if you're, what if he needed him somewhere? It's not like there's anything going on in the world right now. Right. Oh, wait. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Uh, and in fact, just last week, we announced that the, uh, was it the Gerald Ford, the aircraft carrier, was heading back out of the Mediterranean. So we're leaving the area for a while. I mean, there's always moving parts and there's always something going on that we're going to be somehow either involved in or have an interest in. So, yeah, it's an excellent point. Now, with Kathleen Hicks, uh, I'm sure she's not terribly happy about it either, but you start to wonder why. Why the secrecy? Why is he being so reticent about this entire thing? And there could be a million reasons, um, and a, a lot of people are bringing HIPAA up uh, on the text line. It's not, that's not really, that that doesn't apply here. Um, but, if he
3: volunteers it, you can do what you want with your medical information. Yes, HIPAA is you can't force the hospital to.
1: And, and the thing that the president's upset about is not so much that he went in for an elective procedure and had to stay longer than he thought. It's that he didn't know any of this was happening. And if, if the potential exists, even if you think, OK, I'm going to schedule this for a Saturday. I should be fine by Monday. And, you know, unless something goes wrong, then there's no reason for, for anybody to know. But then something does go wrong. Yeah, it's um, I feel like this is a big deal. I
3: don't think it's fireable offense big deal he's already said he's not gonna fire yeah I don't I don't think it reaches that but it's again what if uh, you could fill in what if with 13 with 13 things but what if we needed him in this situation what if you needed his advice and it needed to be him right and you don't know where to reach him
1: you don't know that he's in the hospital yeah, yeah. I mean what do you do call his wife <laughs> you know right and and that As far as the secrecy behind it, of him not saying why, I don't care why he's in the hospital, but I think, yeah, yeah, you need to tell your boss, hey, I'm going in for a medical procedure. It shouldn't be anything big, but I just wanted to let you know that if something goes wrong, I might be out for a couple of days. That's just courtesy. I mean, I would do that here. And, and, you know, if if I had something going on, I'd go to Alan and say, hey, I got something going on. Should be fine. You probably don't have to worry about it, but just to let you know.
3: I would let him know even if... I wasn't going to miss work like, um, like, I mean, frankly, somebody mentioned the IUD uh, from the last hour. If I was going to have some kind of medical procedure after the show on Friday, yeah, and, or if, you know, somebody mentioned like even, um, sometimes dental stuff is surgery and you're, if I'm going to be under anesthesia, it, even if it's after the show on Friday and I think I'm going to be at work on Monday, I'm still going to let him know. Sure. Like, Hey, and you too, like, Hey, just a heads up. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna be put under here. I'm, everything's fine. No big deal. But here's
1: what I'm doing. Yeah. And, I mean, who knows in terms of reasons why you wouldn't say, maybe the dude had a vasectomy, you know, and doesn't yeah. want to talk about it or whatever. It, 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 so that it doesn't really matter what the procedure was. But those questions are always going to be asked. I mean, when you get to that level, think about this. The president and the vice president, both. If they have anything done, it's public. We know about it. We know what it was. And we usually know what the results were.
3: Somebody said if the vast, and I, I hesitated to even bring this topic up because I feel like some opinions here are influenced just because of politics, but but okay. One of you said if the vast majority of us did this, we'd be fired. Same thing should happen here.
1: I don't think that's Somebody, true.
3: I don't think that's true either. Somebody else said, what if the answer is answered by the fact that he has a deputy? This is not that big of a deal.
1: I, I don't um, understand that. What do you...
3: Well, like, as long as there's somebody filling in for him, it's not a big deal that he was on a commission for a few days.
1: And she was. I mean, she did assume the job while he was out, but she just didn't know why he was was out. So that part of it, again, it's covered. But on a personal level, she probably would have liked to know. That happens a lot. Uh, She's taken over that job several times before because if, for example, if the Secretary of Defense is on vacation or if he's out of the country on business, if he's traveling with the president or whatever, and they're out of the country, you need somebody here to take over the day-to-day operations. So she's done that before and just assumed that it was something like that and found out later, no, he's in the hospital.
3: 913-586-7798. None of us do that job. But to the extent that you can compare that to what you do, I cannot imagine a situation in which I am off work for three days and my boss doesn't know it. And doesn't know that i'm out sick right now granted he doesn't have to tell president biden every time he's home with the flu but maybe he does maybe he should again if the war in ukraine hits a higher level or something else escalates all of a sudden it would be easier if you just know yeah he's home sick and he's gonna have to conference in or whatever maybe he should be letting the president know every time there's an issue.
1: You don't want that phone ringing in the office and nobody picking up.
3: For sure. You don't want it to be three steps until you get to the person that you need. Yeah. A deputy or whoever it is. Um, I I just, to the extent that you can leave politics out of it, I don't think you should be fired. I don't think this is a fireable offense. Um, Now, if something had happened war in ukraine escalates and you need him at the white house or at a press conference and you can't find him because of this
1: okay i we can talk about firing him then, I, but that didn't happen, right? And, and I don't think that this is going to happen again. <laughs> I think, I mean, he's going to get a, a very stern talking to about this, and anytime he's going to be out by his own volition. I mean, look, somebody has a heart attack; there's nothing you can do about that, right? Right. Um, but yeah, if if he knew that he was going to be headed for this and didn't tell anybody, I think this is the last time that's going to happen.
3: 913-586-7798. Call and and. Give your objective, um, if you can, explanations for why. How big of a deal is this? Uh, We'll take a break. We'll get to more of your comments next on KMBZ. Talking about the defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, um, who was hospitalized for several days because of complications from an elective procedure. And it took him three days before President Biden knew it. His deputy was working. His deputy knew that he was out, although didn't know why. And President Biden's not happy about it. Lloyd Austin also has acknowledged he didn't communicate the way that he should have, should have kept the public more informed. He's going to do a better job of it in the future. Questions been asked a little bit about how serious this is. What would happen to you in your job if you had taken three days off work or were hospitalized or having a procedure and your boss didn't know about it?
1: Let's go to the phones and bring in Candace, who's in mission. Hi, Candace.
4: Hi, guys. So I'm thinking about this from two different perspectives. The first perspective is, now, what I heard this morning was that it was actually five days, not three. So maybe there's been an update or something. It was
3: January 1st until Thursday. So Thursday was the 4th.
4: Okay. And that was the day he went in for this elective procedure? Was that the... Was that the... Uh, It was the length of time
3: President Biden didn't know he was in the hospital. Yeah.
4: No. And I have a hard time with... With what's going on in the world, the idea that our president is not in communication with our secretary of defense for a few days to me just seems a little bit concerning, just that. But um, I'm also thinking about it from a healthcare perspective, because that's my career. And it doesn't make a ton of sense that an elective procedure would be done on New Year's Day. Uh, if that's the day it was done, it doesn't make sense that an elective procedure would be done while your deputy is where was she Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Well, you know, so that's not making sense to me. Can I, um, can I
3: interrupt you for a moment? Why doesn't it make sure. sense to you that an elective procedure would be done on New Year's Day, which is a holiday in your day off? I would do that.
4: Because that's also the day off for most people who would be performing that procedure if it's elective. Doctors
3: don't work New Year's Day?
4: If it's elective, it typically is not going to be done on a holiday for many, many different reasons. If it okay. was non-elective, then that's different. But if that's an elective procedure, elective procedures are not done on federal holidays. So I'll take your um, word for it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Please, please, somebody call in. I mean, when I was working in the hospital, that was not what we did. If it's elective, it means you schedule it when it's convenient for everyone on a federal holiday. It's not that day. So... um But And then the other thing is about him being in the ICU at Walter Reed, that's not making sense to me either because what I heard this morning was that he was in there basically for privacy and convenience. Well, I have a really hard time thinking that they're going to set aside a room that otherwise would be used for somebody who actually needs that care when you would expect the Secretary of Defense has many options for privacy or convenience if that's all he needs. You wouldn't just be hanging out in an ICU room at Walter Reed. So
1: Maybe maybe that's um, all they had.
4: No, I mean, just in general, why would you even be in the hospital if all you want is privacy and convenience and you don't need actual care to the point you are working? Well,
3: he needed medical care. He just didn't need to be in the ICU.
4: No, he didn't. He, I, I. I feel, I'm just, I'm feeling like, there's something not adding up What do you I think is going on? What do you think is going on? To me, this is not political because I don't know anything about this person, but I feel like there was something going on. He didn't want people to know about, which I don't even care. I mean, I don't, I don't believe we, ha- the public has a right to know what his actual procedure was. However, if this was an elective procedure, He knew his deputy was out of pocket on vacation. Why would you have it done that day? And just in totality, things are not hanging together for me.
1: Okay. Uh, I don't know what it is you're intimating, but thanks for the call. I mean, keep in mind, he is the Secretary of Defense. So the idea that, well, you wouldn't do that on New Year's Day. Maybe for him, he does do that on New Year's yeah. Day. and, and Maybe if the sec-
3: doctors do it for him right. if, on New Year's and Day. And if the
1: Secretary of Defense says, hey, this is the most convenient day to do it, then that's the day that it's going to get done. As far as uh, the president being out of communication with the Pentagon, that's also not accurate. Just because he was not talking to the Secretary of Defense, if it's, if it's regular procedure for the deputy to take over his duties as Secretary of Defense, then the president would be used to getting in touch with the Pentagon and talking with her and not necessarily ask, why is he not there today? Because he often isn't. Someone's accusing us of misreporting. Um, Okay.
3: (laughs) Okay. Fine. I don't Uh know exactly what date he had the procedure on. Somebody is saying it was December 22nd. Which is also a holiday week. Yeah. And went home in between and went back in january 1st because of complications from the procedure again i'll say as somebody just said he's a secretary of defense you bet he can get that procedure done or go back in if that's what happened sure whatever day he wants but if it's true then that he was hospitalized on the 22nd for the procedure and then went back on january 1st well it's not a procedure then then you're just going
1: back to the hospital right and so if that's the case If he went back in on the first because he was having complications, having pain, having other things that he wasn't able to deal with, then it does make sense that he was at Walter Reed and in the ICU. Um, Yeah, I I don't see it as being some big, vast conspiracy to hide what's going on with the secretary of defense, because I think if you would ask probably a good 90 percent of the people this morning who the secretary of defense is, (laughs) they wouldn't have been able to tell you
3: right um the point i just made on our thread was and i don't i don't think he should be fired but if something had happened and they couldn't reach him he would be and the analogy i make is and it's a dramatic one but i'll make it what if dick cheney had done this on 9 11. what if on september 10th he went back into the hospital for treatment or for you know recovery from an elective procedure a week before and didn't tell president bush
1: sure and and he famously has heart problems yeah a- and a- easily could have been in that situation either for an elective procedure you know something that could have been done anytime because before september 11th became september 11th it was just another tuesday or was it was a right. monday either either one it was just a, i don't it was either know. a monday or a tuesday and i can never keep it straight but uh immaterial it, it just nobody knew what was going to happen later that day so It could easily have gone down, but you better believe that if Dick Cheney had gone into the hospital, that George W. Bush would have known.
3: Especially as um, influential as Dick Cheney was believed to be. Yes. Are you kidding me? I mean, if he had not been available that day, (laughs) I don't know if it would have gotten lost in the storyline of that day or not, but national security would have been at risk Mm -hmm. when you can't reach him. Yeah, um because the president was in florida right right and he was at the white house wasn't he dick cheney was at the white house that day. i don't remember you're probably right yeah i think he was because i think they immediately put him in the bunker um when that happened yes so yeah that's right or on some other big school shooting or on some other major event where you need you know you need the vice president there so he's not going to resign there's no, he's not gonna be fired but i think he's gonna be in better in better communication with his boss for sure from now on good idea yeah All right, uh, we'll take a break. Still to come, we have new numbers on the percentage of people with credit card debt. It is high, it is a lot. Who are Gen Z job seekers bringing with them to their job interviews? We'll get to that and more coming up here on KMBZ.
2: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
3: Take it easy on the roads out there. Get more and more pictures of the uh, road conditions. Snow continues to come down. Again, they upgraded it four to seven inches now because of that winter storm warning. So. Uh, certainly do be careful out there. All right, we've got new numbers on the number of people that have credit card debt, and the number continues to go up.
1: Yeah, uh, and and the number, it's not just the even the number of people that have credit card debt. It's the amount of debt that we're carrying. It's just unbelievable. And, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's going to be any end in sight. The worst part about it is that the interest rates are now higher than they have been in many, many years. So it's going to be almost impossible for those people to dig out. They said 49% of credit card users carry a balance from one month to the next, which you should never do if you can avoid it. That's up to 10 per, up ten percentage points from 2021. 58% have been in debt for at least one year, according to Bankrate.
3: Way in here, 913-586-7798. Um, one of the things they point out is that It's not, you're not just out buying electronics. You're not just out buying toys. For a lot of people, it is emergency expenses. It's your savings have been worn down for a variety of reasons. And so it's medical bills and car repairs. It also means that those charges are bigger than if it was just fun stuff. I mean, if it's a car repair, it's 500 bucks. And so that's gonna take you longer um, to pay off. This is the first time consumers have hit more than one trillion dollars in debt on their credit cards. Uh, that's according to St. Louis Federal Bank. Um, yeah, you make a really good point about interest rates. Yeah.
1: Do, do you remember? Okay, uh, I, I know you pay yours off every month. You, you do the same thing I do. It's like I'll use a credit card and then I'll pay the thing off at the end of the month. So the the interest rate really doesn't matter to me. It never comes into play. Do you know what yours are? I don't. Um, I have no idea.
3: I'm going to guess between 20 and 29%.
1: I had one this is several years ago. This goes back to 2008, 2009 because I remember when they when they took a fixed rate credit card and jacked up the interest rate on me, which doesn't sound like it should be able to happen but it did. And I was at 9.9%. And they bumped, nine point nine wow yeah okay. and, and they bumped it up to fourteen and I was torqued I was like what are you what are you talking about you can't do that and then they did it anyway but they said the average credit card APR rate hit a record twenty point seven four percent in twenty twenty three that's the average let's do math
3: um, okay so let's say you're I mean this should be easier. if you have a thousand dollars in credit card debt on your on your bill times so you're paying two hundred bucks a month. That's if it's 20%. That would be annually. So it would be $200 annually
1: divided by 12, right?
3: Yep. Um, Okay, that's still going to add up. And then uh, you're continuing to charge it. You're continuing to not
1: pay it off. It'll actually be a little bit more than that because they compound it monthly. So, you know, you're paying the first month, you're paying the interest on $1,000. The second month, you're paying it on $1,000 plus whatever they just added Right, and then so yeah, it keeps going
3: up. Somebody just said, "I'm carrying a balance for the first time in my life. I pay my rent first and my utilities, and the rest goes on the credit card. I don't know what I'm going to do to pay it. Can I ask um, how 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 you got here? Like, have you been in this situation for a long time, or did something happen that the other stuff now goes on your credit card? And is did it your just rent go up? Right, did
1: your utilities go up." Or is it just a matter of everything becoming more expensive? I mean, we've talked a lot about inflation in the past three or four years have been really rough on a lot of people. And if even if your rent doesn't go up, if your groceries go up by 20%, if that bill goes up, then, yeah, you're going to be faced with making some hard choices.
3: Here's one of the suggestions I'll throw out there is that um, you can always call and and see if they will lower your interest rate, especially if it's been a year. Not enough people do that. They might say no. But especially if you pay on time, they might lower your rate, and that might help. Um, You also have the option sometimes to transfer credit card debt between credit cards uh, that have lower interest rates. So think about that. And they don't let you do it a lot, but a lot of times they'll let you do it um, just so at least you're paying a lower interest rate. How do you dig yourself out of the hole?
1: Yeah, I I think for a lot of people, the answer to that is unfortunately going to be bankruptcy. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, or, I mean, this is where we get into some of the payday loan stuff. You know, you end up getting oh, a really big loan from somewhere. Please, you know?
1: please don't do that. Please. I, I, I understand. I mean, bankruptcy doesn't sound like a lot of fun and it isn't, but that, that payday loan scam, it's just unbelievable. When you look at what the actual rates are, you know, cause people think, well, it's only going to cost me 20 or 30 bucks if I borrow, you know, this many hundreds of dollars to get me through game that out. Find out what that rate is because sometimes it's hundreds of percent.
3: Boy, yeah, and some of you were talking about this too. Somebody just said, at this rate, I won't get to own a home until I'm 50. I don't know how old you are now, but I assume that's going to be a bit. Um, Groceries, robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. Using my regular income for rent and utilities and then having to use the credit card for anything else that wasn't a necessity. Two cars, major repairs in the last three years are also on that credit card bill.
1: Yeah, and there's there's other tricks, by the way, that they try to uh, – the credit card companies try to make it look like they're saving you money, but well, watch out for it because that robbing Peter to pay Paul thing rem- reminded me. I knew people when I was in college who would run up a credit card. Then they would go get a new credit card. They would do it during the period where you get the introductory, like they'll say, 0% for the first mm-hmm. year. And so they'd run it up, they'd carry that balance for a year, and then they would transfer it to a new card with a 0% balance you know, for six months or for a year or whatever. The problem, keep- well, yeah, but the problem with doing that though is that we normally, when you transfer that balance from one card to another, they tack on three percent just for the privilege of doing it. The transfer fee. Yes.
3: Yeah, that's why you got to look and see if you have any cards that have a free tr- some some will some will do it for free like one
1: time. Normally, it's a choice though. You either get that or you get the no interest rate deal. You know, you have to choose. So yeah, either way, it's going to cost you money. Just yeah, be as careful as you can. I mean, I, I'm the last one that's going to give people advice on how to handle their money, <laughs> but but there are some things that you should absolutely avoid. And the payday loan thing is just such an unbelievable scam. Run far away from that. Do anything else.
3: If you are in this group, a lot of you are texting in where you are using credit cards to live. That's, um, yeah, this is where I guess I guess I consider myself and knock on wood. I mean, for any of us, all it takes sometimes is one really big unexpected expense. All it takes is even it just um, suddenly like changing your health insurance or something and having a new doctor. And now you've got to pay, you know, a copay that you didn't have before. And you got to see them several times until you get medication figured out. I mean, that's all it can take sometimes and if you don't have that cash sitting there and that goes on your credit card um and you're i don't know if you're paying the credit cards with the lowest balances first or highest balances sometimes you just want to pay them off um somebody just said i had $47,000 in credit card debt i cashed in my ira at 45,000 and put it all toward paying down credit card debt i know i'll still have to pack to t- pay the taxes on it but whatever yeah um I don't know what a financial advisor suggests. It probably depends on what the fees are to cash out your IRA and how well the market is doing versus what the interest rate is on your debt.
1: Uh, I'd be really careful with that too. Cause the last thing you want to have happen there is you spend that $45,000. Now your IRA is tanked. You've got to pay taxes on all that money. That bill comes due at the end of the year. And you're going to have to put all that back on your credit card.
3: Yeah. um, (laughs) Just, and, and, the other, the only other suggestion I'll get is get professional advice yes. from somewhere. I mean, not all financial advisors cost you money. We, a lot of places will just give
1: you a free consultation. We have a show every Saturday morning right here on That's correct. You know, If you need to call somebody and ask for advice, they're the ones. Definitely.
3: Absolutely. All right. New York Post had this story, and I had to make sure this story was new, and it is. Uh, the story was published this morning. Helicopter parenting has reached a new level although I don't feel like this is the first time that we've heard about this, Uh I cannot imagine as a kid or even as an adult, that's worse, bringing a parent with me (laughs) to a job interview.
1: (laughs) But this is what is happening. Oh, wow. Uh, You want to talk about sending a message? What are you telling your prospective employer? I can't do anything without my parents
3: uh yeah uh in december there's an online magazine focused on student life called intelligent they surveyed 800 managers directors and executives involved in the hiring process uh, almost 40 percent of employers actively avoid hiring recent college graduates for roles they are qualified for uh, one in five of those 800 said a recent college graduate brought a parent with them to their job interview <laughs> One in five employers also say recent college graduates are unprepared for interviews and are unprofessional. 53% said recent college graduates struggled with eye contact. Half said they asked for unreasonable compensation. 47% said they didn't dress for an interview. And 21% said they refused to turn their cameras on for virtual interviews.
1: Where are we failing here? No kidding. High school? Bringing the parents with them. I mean, maybe it's that. And I will tell you, my my oldest had a job working for the company that he still works for. He's 10 years out of college now. And he's still working for the same company, at least for the time being. But they hired him for a paid internship while he was still in school. And I'll tell you what, if your kids are given that opportunity, take it. A internship is
3: a thing that exists in the world?
1: Oh yeah. Oh uh, a cow. And they they did pretty well by him, but he does extremely well now. But it was a big company too. And they really, really wanted him because the kid's kind of a math genius. So uh he <laughs> they they did that. They they paid him, they helped pay his tuition. Um, and it gave him that experience. Now he had already when he was in high school, he had high school jobs, you know, working at McDonald's or whatever. Um, so he already had that. But that's not—you don't necessarily have to wear a coat and tie to an interview with McDonald's, you know? You're probably okay in street clothes, but how do you not know that? Especially if you're bringing your parents with you, you'd think they would know enough to have you dress up.
3: Right, exactly. If you are bringing your parents, at least they know to tell you. And you're right, dress for the situation, you know, dress for—but you're never going to lose by overdressing.
1: Yeah, but, Fine, uh, but I mean, if if I was the one doing the interview, if I was you know, hiring or somebody for a job, and they walked in and said, "Hi, I'm Bob. I'm here to interview for the job." These are my parents. I'd say, "Thank you for coming. Have a nice day. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you in the butt on the way out."
3: 913-586-7798. We can go to the phone. Let's go to
1: Ed in Kansas City. Hey, Ed, hey guys, belated Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You too. You guys are you guys are too much. Sometimes you're 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 too much fun. Anyway, this uh, particular topic, uh, and I'll listen to you off the air. If they bring their parents to an interview, unless it's, you know, a special need or handicap or something like that, I can understand. Other than that, keep your parents' butt out in the parking lot, in the car, waiting for you while you interview and – to bring in a parent for an interview, it's like, well, what's next? Well, wait a minute. Johnny's got to go to the restroom. i got to go with him to, you know, help him out. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, his zipper neck? gets stuck, you know, something <laughs> something could go wrong. I, yeah, right, couldn't agree guys. more. Ed, thank you. Uh, appreciate you getting in. I don't even understand what it is that you would be trying to gain by having mom and dad show up at the interview with you.
3: Ask questions that you wouldn't think of if salary comes up. This is that's how I picture it is mom and dad are there. Oh, to, like your
1: like your agent.
3: To advocate for you. Okay. Yeah. Like if they try to offer you too too little money or they try to if they're mean to you, then your mom <laughs> or dad can can get in the middle of it. I don't even like the idea. I mean, this doesn't differentiate between how many of moms and dads are sitting in the waiting room versus how many are going into the interview with them.
1: Yeah. I mean, and they, I'd yeah, like they, to know they how make that it breaks sound out. like the, that they're going into the interview with them, and even from that standpoint, I mean, yeah, if if they're mean to you, mom and Dad are there to get involved. All that tells me as a prospective employer is that when things get really rough, you can't handle it, yeah, you can't stick up for yourself so and it's an
3: interview yeah I, this isn't your new boss that you're having to and you and you're usually not in the negotiating phase yet. Right. Yeah, we're 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 messing up somewhere. <laughs> Let's go to Mindir and Linux and see what she's thinking. Hey, Mindir.
0: Hi. How are you guys? Great. Good. Good. So I'm currently a third year computer science student at KU. So I'm in the midst of. I just had an in person interview um, on Friday, and so I most of them have been virtual. That was my first in person one, and so I guess I kind of know. Um, what's that what it's like from the I guess the student side of things rather than the employer right. um, and I suppose it's more that like I was dressed up for the interview Um, and we, we met with a bunch of different uh, teams and one of the one of the people we met with, was in uh, in like a sweatshirt that was interviewing because I was like you know, he's just all casual, and we're all dressed up. So um, I guess it, the they do say that like the first impression is the best impression. So you kind of have to do dress up. And I don't understand the thing about parents. I think if you're in college, you should you should not you should be independent enough to not need your parents to go with you to an interview. Yeah. Um. That I I found that very weird. But, you know, um, paid internships uh, are very common now, and but they're very hard to get since there's more demand for them than they are positions.
1: Definitely. Well, good luck to you. I hope you whatever it was you were interview for, interviewing for works out well for you. Thank you. Thanks, Mindir. Take care. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, everybody's going to want them, right? <clears throat> <Everybody, laughs> if, if you can work during college and get paid decent money for it, especially if it's in your field. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, what is it that most of us try to get across in a job interview is you don't need to manage me. I'm okay. I am into. She used the word independent, and I think that's mm-hmm. perfect. That I, I'm a self starter. You know, I, I take the initiative. <laughs> I'm that guy, and Mom will tell you, <laughs> right? <laughs> so Just ask my mom. <laughs> it's, it's,
3: yeah. Um, I'll come back to. Even when you get into the stuff about not knowing how to dress for an interview and not knowing some of the, I don't have the right word for it, just social norms of being professional. Yeah. Who teaches that? Where do where do kids learn that?
1: I think we got a lot of it from our own interactions with our peers that that, that we don't have as much anymore. We've talked about this, that the one thing that seems to be missing from the childhood experience right now is a large gathering. People face-to-face with each other a lot. And that's why when we hear stories about, you know, Gen Z doesn't like to order in restaurants because they don't like talking to the waitress. Mm -hmm. Okay, pull up your pants a little bit, you know, get to it. And uh, maybe it is that, that it's not only discussions with your parents and having them teach you things, but learning it naturally by how to interact with other people and be able to communicate, stand up for yourself and still work in a group dynamic that that just doesn't happen anymore.
3: All right. We need to get to a break. Uh, If you want to get in, feel free. We'll wrap with your calls next on KMBZ. Don't forget, winter storm warning now, four to seven inches expected. Uh, That means we're under Operation Stormwatch presented by JR and Company Roofing. We'll have more of a forecast coming up top of the hour. Uh, Talking about the story, Gen Z job seekers, many of them are bringing mommies and daddies with them to their job interviews.
1: Still trying to wrap our heads around that one. And with that, we'll go back to you on the phone. Hello, Janice.
4: Hi, how are you?
1: Doing well. What's on your mind?
4: Well, um, I'm a human resource professional. I've never had someone bring your parent. Um, but if I did, I would actually call the parent to myself and say, What are you doing? Because there's not enough kids out there with parents that are actually helping them with what they need to get the job done and asking their colleges to offer the kind of training in just the things you guys were talking about, how to interview and how to prepare and so forth. So I say to everyone, don't don't say goodbye to the kid invite the parent for private chat to say how much they're hurting their child's chances of success in life.
1: I think that's a fantastic point. Yeah. Because they don't say in the article whose idea it was for mom and dad to come with, you know, may very well have been mom and dad who say, you know, we should go with you.
4: And that's just enabling the wrong behavior.
1: Yes, indeed. Very well said, Janice. Thank you.
4: Uh huh.
3: Thanks, Janice, for getting in. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't know where I learned it. I don't, certainly I wasn't taught. There wasn't a class that taught me.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I think I just maybe had teachers and and parents that worked in professional environments.
1: I, I don't I don't know where we picked it up. One of the best. It's kind of funny. It's it's weird to say, but one of the best uh, sort of allies I had in teaching me how to interview, especially for jobs in this industry, was one of my first bosses. She okay. she knew that I was outgrowing my place at the radio station where I was. And she said, you need to get out of here because, you know, it wasn't like, hey, you need to get out of here. You're terrible. It was more along the lines of you're not going to be able to get to where you want to be here because Mm -hmm. you're already pigeonholed as to what you are. So here's how you do it. And we had plenty of discussions about, okay, these are the things that are likely to come up during an interview. Here's how you tackle them. She was fantastic. And if you have... I mean, you were in that same situation. You had a boss early on who told you yeah. the same thing. You're bigger than this place. Get out of here and go do what you're. <laughs> I'm free do. to go. Yeah. yeah, right. And and if you have a boss that has that kind of savvy, then they can be a terrific resource because they've already d- they've already been on their side of the interview process so many times. They know what's likely to trip somebody up. Absolutely.
3: All right. Be careful out there today. Quick note. Um, we now know like trash collection is being canceled for a day. So check in on that, depending on where you live in the city. Uh, Schools are canceling for, or letting out early today, and I suspect we'll have those for tomorrow as well. Be careful on the roads. Keep your headlights on. We will too, and we'll be back tomorrow here on KMBZ.
2: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day.